0: I'm so happy to be here with you today. Welcome to the very first episode of a bonus series. We're starting this week while we're all dealing with the events around the coronavirus pandemic. My team just got together and went, how can we serve our community? What can we do? Like. How can we minister to them right now? How can we serve them? Who can we bring to them in the middle of this sort of unprecedented moment? Because we're all hunkered down at home right now and trying to learn what it means to socially distance. And it feels like every single day we are facing new hurdles. I mean, you know, we've just never seen anything like this. Just more cases of the virus, more business closings, more school closings, more mandated quarantines, restaurant closures empty grocery stores. I mean, it is, you know, we're reeling. Of course, we're all reeling. We've never contended with most of this stuff in our lifetimes. And so in light of that, and because we thought, you know what, we can all still do right this minute. We, I can still podcast, I can still record with experts. You can still listen. This is a way that I can serve you. And, So this is what we're doing, a series from folks, with folks who will guide us and educate us and commiserate with us and inspire us, maybe even sometimes entertain us, so we can learn how to get through this as strongly as possible. So in an effort to all become quarantine queens and kings and nail this thing together, we welcome, first of all, your thoughts and questions. Uh, So we learned so much from what you are doing and how you're coping too. We see it all over social media. It's been incredibly wonderful to connect like this. And so we'd like to hear from you as we face each day of this together. You can join us on any one of my social media platforms and leave comments as we post these episodes and let us know how you are doing and let us know what would help you and who you would like to hear from. So these are going to be a little bit shorter episodes, more like half an hour, just to start putting some tools and resources and ideas and information in our hands. So I hope you'll stay with us for this next half hour and then join us every Friday as we walk this unfamiliar territory as a community. So this week's guest, our first guest in this series is going to address what I think is probably arguably at the top of every mind for almost every one of us who are now seeing our jobs massively affected or halted completely and we're freaked out. You know, we're just freaked out about what is happening now, and then the potential long-term effects, what's going to happen in the gap. So our guest is going to walk us through some really practical ways today that we can financially prepare, even in the middle of a crisis that's already happening, and then definitely for sort of the upcoming recovery. You may already know Peter Dunn. He goes by Pete the Planner, because he has columns in USA Today. He's He's on every TV show on some of the most major networks. And I think what's funny and interesting and sets Pete apart from just sort of a buttoned up accountant type is that he's actually an award-winning comedian as well. We talked about that for just a second. So although we may feel like, you know, crying through all this, he's going to help us find some things both to do and to smile about at the same time. So Pete is the CEO and the founder of Your Money Line and Hey Money. Your Moneyline is a corporate financial wellness solution, which connects employees to confidential, unbiased financial guidance. It's great. Pete and I actually spoke together at a wellness conference last year for essentially healthcare workers. I think collectively in the room, they represented like over 2 million employees. And this is when I heard what he is offering. It was really incredible. Like his work is needed and necessary, trustworthy. He's also written 10 books and he's the host of his own podcast, which is called the Pete, the Planner's show. And so I loved talking to Pete today. He explained a couple of things I didn't exactly understand and really helped me think through what these next eight to 10 weeks are going to look like, and then beyond. So I think you're going to find this encouraging. And Pete's like this steady guide through even the most tumultuous financial times. And so I'm really happy to bring this to you. I hope it serves you well. And just know that as for me and my team, we are here. We love you, and we are supporting you in every conceivable way that we can. So enjoy this first conversation with Pete. I am very delighted to have you on the show today, Pete. Thank you for being the first guest in the first episode of this bonus series. I'm so thankful that you said yes to this.
1: What an exciting distinction. Thank you so much for having me.
0: First up, first at bat. And I'm glad for it because just all the things that you're good at and that you're smart about and that you know, you're hitting a spot where virtually everybody I know right now is feeling the press, really feeling the pressure, really feeling the fear. So before we get into it, I know that you are also hunkered down right now in Carmel. Is it Carmel, Indiana?
1: It's a little less fancy since it's Indiana. It's just (laughs) Carmel.
0: Okay, so you're there with your family. Can you tell us about your family a little bit like your kids and what it has been like thus far. I know we're only, you know, just a few days into this deal, but here we all are.
1: It does feel to some level like we're going to have to keep a journal and decades from now, someone will find our journals learning about this time. It sort of has that element to it. But it
0: does, doesn't it?
1: It does. My daughter turned 11 last week. It's always fun to turn 11 during a quarantine in a pandemic. I heard that. And uh, she uh, is lovely. Her name is Olivia, but we call her Ollie. And she loves The Office. Her favorite thing in the world is the television show, The Office.
0: Oh, I already like her.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my son, Ted, who goes by many names, currently Tito, is turning eight next week on April Fool's Day. Oh, another man. pandemic birthday. But uh, And he loves life. He loves everything. So does he? We're having, yeah, he does. And we're having fun. And my, my wife is holding down the fort. As I'm uh, I've been broadcasting across the country all week long cuz it's uh it's a rough time for a lot of people so I'm trying to bring some direction and levity to it. Thank you. I am
0: so grateful for financial experts like you who just jumped into action. It has the potential for just to flatten everybody in their chairs and so thanks for bringing your work to bear right now into you know a country that's really really rattled. I I told our listeners a little bit about you at the top of the show, but before we dive into this conversation about how we can plan financially both during and for a crisis, can you tell us a little bit about your work and mission in the financial arena, and a little bit about how you morphed from Pete the comedian to Pete the planner? Because you know that is that's a weird slide. I'm gonna say that that's, the arrows don't normally point in that direction. And so we'd like to hear a teeny bit more about you.
1: Well, I think sometimes people set appointments with their financial advisors just if they have sleep issues. And so they wanna be able <laughs> to you know, deal with that insomnia. But as I started my career in the early 2000s, I was a straight-laced young guy trying to get my financial planning practice in order. And people called me Peter Dunn at that time. And on the weekends, I was doing improv and stand-up. And around 2004, I was designated one of the funniest people in Indianapolis. And I thought it was cool. But then I immediately quit comedy because here I was putting in 60 hours a week for my career and two hours on the weekend. And so I was like, you know what? This sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This sucks. So I slammed the two together and I had a a friend who had triplets who were four years old and he was making fun of my email address one day because it was something weird and lame and AOL-y. Wait, pause. Yeah. This
0: is a good moment for me to let you know that to this living day, I have an AOL address. It's the only one I've ever had in my life. And everybody mocks me mercilessly. So I just feel you. I just feel you in that moment. Okay, onward. He was yeah, making well, no, I my mean, AOL address appropriately.
1: Which he should have. It was hands80 at AOL.com because they played college football and I was number 80. And he was like, you know what? Hands 80, it makes you seem like an elderly pervert. You should probably <laughs> change that. <laughs> and so I, I did. And I just chose in the moment, weirdly, just wrote, chose Pete the Planner. And he had these triplets that just started chanting in the background, Pete the Planner. And they wouldn't stop. And oh I was like, gosh. well, that's what it is. So. I I slammed the two together. I just said, All right, I'm just going to be myself all the time. I'm sick of being like straight laced during the week and funny on the weekends. You know, let's just go for it. And that's what happened. And, And so now I'm glad my company's not called Hands 80 Financial.
0: I am too. I'm really grateful, actually, that your friend had the, you know, the good sense to make fun of you. And I love that you just charted your own path. Like, there's not a whole lot of funny financial planners. And I love how. It's, you've been so successful and it's it's fantastic to watch let's let's get into a few things here in terms of what's happening in our world right now and obviously how it's impacting so many people's income almost everybody I know us for sure my entire family and just leaving us all feeling a little lost a little afraid and and I think in a lot of our cases unprepared. So, this is a big question, and you can just tackle it any which way you want. but is it h- how does anybody plan in the midst of and then also for the potential effects of a very unexpected you know pandemic that just sort of came in like a wrecking ball?
1: Well, it feels like we're getting hit from all sides, right Jen mm-hmm. It does it just feels like you turn on the TV, you turn on the radio you you open your computer. And it's the virus and it's the market and it's the economy. So for for me, I've taken the approach of we need to separate the three major issues because if we don't, it feels like a critical mess we can't get out of. Hmm. So the three issues are, and I only speak about two of them, but one of them is the virus, which I leave that to the scientists. And then the other two are the stock market and the economy. Right. And People often conflate the two, the stock market and the economy. They call the economy the stock market and vice mm. versa. They're very different. Okay. And they are related. And I think understanding the relationship helps calm people's nerves and it mm. gives them an action plan to to take action. Because the worst thing is, Jen, is you're sitting there right now feeling like oh, our income is going down, I'm mm. scared. You feel helpless. And to feel yeah. helpless is uh, a rudderless ship.
0: Mm. I appreciate you sort of splicing those out a little bit. I'd like to hear you talk just a teeny bit more about how we should appropriately think about the stock market and appropriately think about the economy so that we're not just merging the two into one big monolith.
1: So the stock market is what we like to call forward-looking, whereas I'm not going to make predictions about the stock market, and you shouldn't either. It makes predictions about the economy. Right now, when it's freaking out, It's saying, whoa, hey, guys, hey, guys, the economy's in trouble. It's not saying the market's in trouble. That's what's so confusing to people. People see it go down and they're like, oh, my gosh, our investments are in trouble. If you sell, your investments are in trouble. If you leave them alone, they'll be fine. But the message here is we don't have stability. The stock market loves a plan. And right now, and and I know I I talk about it as this, uh, you know, amorphous living object, but it kind of is. Mm -hmm. It needs to feel like there is a path forward. And when that starts to show itself, mm. it will calm down. And so that's how the stock market is related. However, it makes our temperature go up. It makes mm. our heart rate go it up. does. Makes that acid in our stomach rise. And that's what's freaking people out. But yeah. I hate to say it, it doesn't matter in relation to the current crisis, it just doesn't mm. matter, but it's, it's telling you that it matters, but it doesn't.
0: Mm. Okay. So it's more just reading the room, not controlling the the temperature.
1: Yeah. You know, it's like, I went to my doctor a few years ago and I told him I had heartburn, right? Speaking of acid reflux, I told him I had heartburn and I said, Hey, can you just give me, you know, one of those heartburn pills or whatever? Mm. And he said, well, no, cause you'll get fatter. Mm. And I of course clutch my pearls mm-hmm. and I said, Fatter, what are you talking about? He mm. said, look, you're just trying to mask the issue. The real issue is you're eating, not the acid reflux. This is the same thing mm. with the market. The market seems like it's the problem, but the real problem is the economy. And so mm. the economy is the issue for a couple different reasons. Can I give you some nasty numbers that aren't Let's fun to hear? Hit us with it. All right. So the worst period of unemployment in our history was just after the great depression. It was around 1933. We had roughly 25% of Americans not working. That's a lot. There are fears. There are concerns that we could temporarily climb to those levels in the coming months. Mm. And the reason is because our economy has shifted so much.
0: Yeah.
1: Jen, do you remember the fallout of 2008 and 2009 when we started to recover and people said things like, I don't feel like the economy's recovered for me. Do you, do you remember that? Sure. You know what those people did is they stopped feeling sorry for themselves, and they created something that you and I enjoy, and it's called the gig economy. That's mm. what happened after 2008, 2009, is that we created a means to make a living without an employer, with driving car ride services and delivering it's. people's food. Mm. And so what's happening now is as the economy shuts down and people aren't allowed to spend money, yeah, those people are becoming unemployed again. So are, of course, the hospitality and food service workers, yeah. travel agents, everybody, yeah, right? Totally. So that will come back. I mean, and, and the, the fact of the matter is we need to survive probably eight to 10 weeks
0: hmm.
1: in the current environment in order for it to come back and that's why hopefully the government stimulus which yeah. means sending checks to Americans will pay off for us.
0: Yeah, totally. Thank you for just some measurable numbers. That's so helpful to pull things kind of down out of the atmosphere into something we can look at and pay attention to. I, I want to talk about the economic impact you know is un- obviously undeniable and new measures are going to place it just feels like on the hour, just every single day, the world changes again. You know, as you mentioned, more businesses shutting down and the travel restrictions. And at this point, you know, the message to Americans is stay home. That's it, to all of you, everybody stay home. And so this is playing on our financial fears. And so to your point that we need to just sort of weather the storm probably for eight to 10 weeks, more or less, and this is a guess, of course, we're doing our best in the middle of sort of an unprecedented moment. But how would you suggest that we stave off the panic because that to me is what i'm seeing everywhere that's the effect of it this panic you know where our grocery store aisles are literally empty of everything and uptick in gun sales and so on what would you suggest as somebody who deals in numbers and projections and financial like reality what's a measured approach to facing these fears, but staving off the panic. And are there any actions that we take in that sort of eight to 10 week window?
1: Absolutely. So there's some soft stuff and some hard stuff. If you don't mind, I'd like to start with the touchy feely stuff because I find it to be the most important. As you know, you know the mental health crisis in our country isn't just for people that struggle with mental health issues on a daily basis and mental wellness issues, but it's also for those people who don't feel like they do, but tend to not let it out. They, you know, they're emotional martyrs, if you will. They don't tell people how they feel because they don't feel like they deserve to be heard. They don't deserve to have their fears aired. And I think that's a big mistake during this period. You know, there's this concept that if someone's doing worse than you, then you shouldn't speak up because you're honoring their pain by not mentioning your feelings. That's a mistake because we've got to extend ourselves some grace and we have to allow ourselves to emote because if we don't, that panic can become insurmountable. And so that's Mm -hmm. the soft side of it. But the Mm -hmm. important side, the hard side, it's a little different. Right. So I think everyone right now should turn to their budget, which everyone hates. Mm -hmm. Everyone should turn to their budget and try to cut out five hundred dollars minimum Of just discretionary spending by going to your January bank statement, which Mm. is the most normal one we ever really have. Okay. Because remember, right after the holidays, we tend to tighten up a little bit. That's true. Right. And so you look at January and you say, okay, oh, I went to Piggly Wiggly 37 times. Well, that doesn't seem like a like a good idea. And you, you start to look at the frequency of which you go to these you know, your favorite spots. And it's that frequency that gets you into trouble. It's not the Mm -hmm. dollars itself. It's the habit. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. And I'll say, Jen, here's what I'm hanging my hat on here. Here's what an expert is hanging their hat on. I'm sure you saw the meme, the graphic going around the internet the last couple of weeks of those lit matches. And then one match was pulled out of line and that was to represent slowing the spread of COVID-19, right? Right. Okay. To think of the economy in that way, our goal from an economic standpoint, not the virus, is to pull that match back in line because what has happened, people have been pulled out of the economy and you need their fire to light the next fire. Mm, Totally. The New York Times said it on Monday and I can't get it out of my head. One person's spending is another person's income. Mm, Yeah. So I'm hanging my hat on the idea that I want to get lean both uh-huh. physically and financially. I want to get lean. So when it is time to go and when it is time to spend, and it is time to pump money back into these people who have been pulled out of line, we're ready to go. So this eight to 10 weeks is to prepare your finances to help others. It's, it's not a selfish thing. It is a community thing.
0: Oh, that's great. I love that. And will be the answer. You're right. I mean, the answer will be getting back out there and living our lives and becoming consumers again. And I'm so hopeful for that recovery and it is interesting to think about our sort of consumer power and that the government package is going to be super important kind of to stand in the gap but ultimately it will be the return of ordinary consumers that will probably turn the tides again based on what you're seeing are there any tangible things we need to be doing Additionally, to be ready, as you know we we look at a uh, lockdown essentially for the next couple of months. Do we need to have cash on hand? Do we need to do something with our investments? Do you think we just put everything in the deep freeze? How are you advising people?
1: Yeah, there's some really good stuff there. Uh, let's let's start with cash. it's It's sort of the most uh, well tangible, literally. Should you pull cash out and put it in your house? That's a personal preference thing for me. If it makes you feel better to have a couple thousand dollars of paper or currency in a safe location in your house, our banking system, the, the digital, the computer-based banking system, isn't at risk in this particular case. So I'm not worried about the bank's mm-hmm. ability to deal with our transactions. That That is personally not a concern of mine. Okay, Then you get into things like, you know, handguns and and those sorts of things. I don't think that's a really a concern either. But where it comes to should you hunker down with your investments, it's the hardest thing in the world to hear someone like me say, leave your investments alone because Mm. there's a thousand reasons and a thousand things I don't know about you. That's true. And so every time I say leave it alone, there's a yeah, but Mm. and I don't know your yeah, buts, but I do know that you shouldn't leave your investments alone. I will say the best tactical thing you can do right now is if you currently are not spending money on your current habits that you used to have, right? You know, going to this dinner and going to that dinner, instead of leaving that money in your checking account, let's say you spend $100 a week dining out, don't leave it in your checking account because you haven't saved it. You just haven't spent it.
0: Mm.
1: You have to move what you haven't spent into your savings account otherwise it is not saved it is simply unspent Hmm. and that's huge because we need that money to create stability for you and we need you to pump that money back into our economy when it is time to press go
0: that's that's a great bit of advice just slide it over into that sort of protected saving space because you're right it'll just disappear weirdly oh yeah I appreciate your candor on all these things. I wonder if you have any any final words here for my listeners and specifically tell them about the resources that you have on your website. We're going to link to all of that, of course, and make sure they have access to your work and your social media page and that our listeners can turn to for additional instruction and all that. So can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: absolutely so what we're doing right now is on facebook on our hey money facebook page we're doing a 30-day free daily live streaming event so for 30 days in a row at 2 p.m eastern we are putting together a tactical plan thousands and thousands of people are doing it every day and what's weird jen is it's based off of a book i wrote in 2009 during the last financial crisis oh wow And so the book was called 60 Days to Change, but we turned it into a 30-day program this time, and we're just – it's like a financial masterclass except that I can't say masterclass without masterclass litigating against me. But you know what I mean. It's that.
0: And that's perfect. So everybody, we will link over to that. So you can jump over there and sort of join that community, having these discussions. And this is just the Enneagram 3 and me, but having any sort of plan or real on the nose discussion about what's scaring us the most right now, for me, is comforting. So it's not just some idea ping-ponging around in my head or some worry that I can't nail down, but rather it helps me feel a teeny bit more in control to be just discussing it and looking at it in its face. And so this is a incredible resource to the community right now. All right. We're going to ask these last sort of rapid fire questions of all of our guests in this bonus series in our new world of social distancing and not traveling and isolating ourselves and our families. Okay. Here's the first one. While you're at home, do you have like one practice. And this just could be whatever. I don't know what it is. One practice that is keeping you sort of grounded and steady and kind of a through line as we are navigating now weeks and weeks and weeks of being in our homes.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you the the hidden gem in all of this is if I want to every 10 minutes, I can leave my office here at home and walk out and get a hug from my wife or my kids. It's unbelievable. It's like uh, my wife and I make dinner together every single night and the kids' sports have stopped. It's like we're sort of reinventing what it is to have this family dynamic that we've, we've missed.
0: Yeah, that's right. I have a book club and what we're reading in March is a book called Burnout by sisters with PhDs, Emily and Amelia Nagoski. Anyway, their premise is how to complete the stress cycle. And so they bullet point for us maybe five or six proven ways to allow stress to let move through your body and complete. And one of them is connection. And they suggest when you feel a little bit of anxiety kind of gripping, or you feel your, the stress sort of gathering in your body, they suggest 20 second hugs as a very physiological approach to managing stress. And so you're onto something here. Something about that allows our bodies to complete stress. Okay, how about this? And it sounds like you're just working, but we'll just see. <laughs> do you have a project or anything at all that you've been meaning to do at home that you know you just haven't been able to get to because of normal life? And now you're thinking, okay, I'm tackling this thing.
1: well, it's a little weird. We're sort of on the financial front lines of this with the yeah. recovery, so I'm you know I'm doing sixteen hour days. Yeah, so yeah, I, sure. I would say there's some pendant lights that I need to hang, some new pendant <gasps> lights. And so what might end up happening if when I do that this weekend? is I might not be on Monday's live stream because I might have died. We we can't know. You'll never know. Just like there'll be no live stream. You're like, ah, the, that project didn't go well.
0: You know what? He was never an electrician and he just thought he could do anything. You know, we'll remember you fondly. If that happens, I'll tell you that we'll do him in memorandum of, (laughs) Um, but I do wish you well in the pendant light. You know what? We need a good pendant light right now. I don't hate that project. Here's the last one. And this is actually a question that we ask every guest in every series. And I read this question originally from Barbara Brown Taylor. And you can answer it however you want. Serious and sober-minded way or an absolutely absurd way. This is up to you. But what is saving your life right now?
1: (laughs) That's that's hard to talk about without Mm -hmm. getting emotional, right? I mean, I'm a quick crier. I get that from my grandpa, which is Mm -hmm. a problem. Right now, it's, you know... This weekend, I'm starting a podcast with my seven-year-old and, and a nice. podcast with my 11-year-old, not because of fame, but because they see me in here every day doing this. So my, my seven-year-old son's doing an NBA podcast yes. uh, uh, and my daughter's doing an office podcast. So the, that's <sighs> so what saved cute. me right now. I just can't wait to do it. And I, I don't know. My wife and I talk a lot about how you know this moment in our, our kids' childhood mm. is there now. Our birthday was inside. I miss an entire mm. gymnastics season I, and it's, that's tough. And so trying to make this as normal as an experience for them right now is what I hang on to because that's as a great, great performer once told me, I used to tell her, I used to cry on stage too much when I tell a story and she would say, Oh honey, she was an opera singer. She was wonderful. She said, uh, Oh honey, this isn't about you. Uh, it, and I hold on to that all the time because that's great. This is hard work. I mean, this is this is that's about great. my family, so that's what I'm hanging on to right
0: now. Oh, fantastic! Ah, uh, that just that makes me happy to think of you guys hammering out your new podcasts in your office this week. That's <laughs> fantastic, and I want to thank you again, Pete, for just dedicating a little bit of your 16 hour workday right now to the For the Love podcast. And I, I know that my listeners are going to be grateful and. I can't wait to send them over to your space for more and just really, really appreciate you. And I'm thinking about you and your wife and your kids and your April Fool's birthday kiddo (laughs) next week. And I'll look forward to being on the other side of this. And I would love to have you back when we move into the recovery phase of this pandemic. And I, I hope that you'll come back on the show.
1: I will, Jen. People need your spirit right now. I mean, we're all on the front lines. You, you've got to keep pouring into people.
0: Absolutely. 100%. Thank you, Pete. Thanks, Jen. Okay, guys, I hope that served you well. And maybe just study one or two waves in this ocean. Just a reminder too, if you are Excited about having some immediate content to inspire you, serve you, maybe even just occupy your time in your mind. My upcoming book is out for pre-order right now, Fierce Free and Full of Fire. And anybody who pre-orders immediately gets the intro and two of my favorite chapters to download. You get an audio chapter, you get a one hour coaching session by me that I... It's a video that I delivered at the RISE conference and you get that in audio too, so that you can get all that content in five minutes. If you are looking for something else to kind of fill your mind and your heart and your soul with good news and hope and encouragement, you can pre-order the book anywhere, any format, any vendor, and then just go over to my website at jinhapmaker.com and it will show you what to do next. It'll you about two minutes to get all your pre-order goodies. And I just, I'm happy to put those in your hands right now too, as we're all at home right now. So jenhatmaker.com, I'll show you what to do. We're trying to arm you with incredible teachers and leaders in all the areas that we are worried about right now and that we need encouragement and instruction. So can't wait to bring you the next installment. All of our regular podcasts will continue to be released on Wednesdays. And so you'll still have that incredible content coming out. And then this bonus series on Friday. Okay. We love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Until next time.